Welcome to the Cherokee County Football Blitz, hosted by Will Cooper and Arthur Mosley. Guys, take it away. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Will Cooper, joined alongside my good friend, longtime broadcast partner, Arthur Mosley. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing well, man. It's uh, some nice weather we have out here. It's like a Chamber of Commerce Day. A Chamber of Commerce Day in Cherokee County. It, it has been. I, I think there's some weather that's on the way, maybe... Uh, Tomorrow. Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Yeah, it sounds like the rain will come through. Um, I know a lot of the leaf lookers are pretty disappointed about that, but I don't think this is going to be that rain that knocks all the leaves off the trees. It sounds like it's actually going to be like a less than an inch. So it should be a nice drizzly rain. Perfect. Um, and I do want to send a message out there to River Ridge fans. There is a new number one in the Cooper Predictor. Oh, so, I, know, I know we're going to get to that, and I'm yeah. excited. Uh, we'll tease that we'll right tease now. It. Yep. Yeah. But, but everyone should know there is a new number one. There's a new sheriff in town, so okay. make sure you stay tuned for All that. Right. Um, we, but we will go going down every game on the list, including Cherokee, Etowah, of course, will be jumping back into action. River Ridge on a bye week this week, but we will review their game against Creekview and then through the list, as we mentioned, and, of course, get you ready for our Cherokee County Game of the Week, which is the Battle of East Cherokee Drive, the Battle of Hickory Flat, depending on which school you went to. There's two different names for it. Battle of uh, Chick-fil-A? Battle of Chick-fil-A now. Wasn't wasn't there when I was in school. But no, it wasn't. Yeah, brand new. Uh, but, yeah, so Creekview versus Sequoia, obviously, that game at Skip Pope. We will be there for that one. So we will get you ready for that game as well. That sounds like a lot to go over, Will. It is a lot to go over, so we better jump into it right now. Let's do it. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come out on the other end, and we'll get you ready for the Cherokee Warriors as they're getting ready to host the Osborne Cardinals. Give us just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. At Foundation Financial Insurance and Wealth Management, we believe that your insurance protection and wealth management plan go hand in hand. We start by shopping your insurance with highly rated companies to find you the best combination of price and protection. With that plan in place, we can then work with you to develop a tailored financial plan. Whether you need to save money on insurance or you need a full financial plan, call us at 678-880-9571 or come by 250 East Main Street, Suite 104 in Canton for a no-obligation consultation today. Securities and advisory services offered through Packerland Broker Services Incorporated, unaffiliated entity, member FINRA and SIP. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we're going to talk some Cherokee Warrior football. So Cherokee moves to 1-5 on the year, 0-1 in the region, had a tough loss against Wheeler, 35-21, to the final score over there. Look, uh, this, this week I'm not going to beat around the bush for anybody. Cherokee had to have that game. For, the, for all intents and purposes, they had to have that game, did not get it. Wheeler ran for 459 yards. That is a ton of the ground now this is the second time that's happened to Cherokee in their last two games obviously a couple of bye weeks separates that but the West Forsyth game and then the Wheeler game um Cherokee's not necessarily eliminated from playoffs but they're gonna have to play big time spoiler to somebody so they have to have the game coming up against Osborne because that'll be at Tommy Baker so that's a game that Cherokee really has to get but then they're gonna have to upset Walton North Cobb or Kennesaw Mountain I don't know that any one of those is easier than the other but for Cherokee fans right now, you have to hold the faith and hope that Cherokee is progressing week in, week out. Once again, we, when we talked to Coach Shaw at the beginning of the season, one of the things that he talked about was the growth of the team, the fact that there were a lot of sophomores, a lot of underclassmen. Hopefully they're continuing to grow and learn things. Uh, I, am, I am glad that Cherokee found a way to put up 21 points, you know, against West Forsyth. They only put up seven, so hopefully they have some growth there. But it's all for naught if they can't find a way to beat Osborne this week, Art. Yeah, it is in terms of your your playoff contention, and and that's a game they were up early. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of tit for tat over there, and you know in the second half, 
Wheeler comes out and they decide we're not throwing the ball anymore because right. we, we've got a 5'11", 190-pound running back that has had some success in the first half. And, and the Wildcats go on, like you said, rush over for over 400 yards. And I think Josiah Allen was over uh, – I think he went over 300. Yeah, I something mean, like that. And, and then their quarterback rushed for another 100. So they yeah. – they really did a number on that Cherokee defense and wore them down, like you mentioned. Well, that's you know back-to-back outings. It's tough, and we talked about this before we came on air. It's it's demoralizing and it's tough when somebody can impose their will and run the ball on you. And you know, I, I think for Cherokee again, when you play a team like that who's who's dominating the ball, you've got to find a way, got to find a way uh, to be able to run the football, and that. Again, this is not saying anything that Coach Shaw doesn't already know, right? right. We're not we're not over here uncovering some new ma- <laughs> new material tonight yeah. to give to, to, to Cherokee. Um, it's just been a like you said, you got some young players uh, and some guys getting into into roles, and they're having to grow up, and it's baptism by fire. And again, you're you're facing maybe one of the. I think Josiah Allen is just a sophomore. Something like that, yeah. I mean, in Peyton Straco, we already know about him. He's a pretty good back. Mm -hmm. You're facing maybe one of the best sophomore running backs that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a problem. Heard of him now. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, the Warriors have their their work cut out. And, and Will, so if you're looking at their path to the playoff, I would imagine it involves teams that don't run the ball well. Yeah, I would think so. And that starts this Friday night when you play Osborne, who – Came back down to earth a little bit after playing Kennesaw Mountain. Yeah, uh, I, I would say, and, and gosh, I don't want to put a bullseye on anybody, but I, I think you know North Cobb has kind of transitioned into a run-first team without uh, Malachi Singleton at quarterback, and they've got a, a young quarterback in there, but they've been able to run the ball effectively. So mm-hmm. maybe you're looking at okay, can we pick off Walton? Can we pick off Kennesaw Mountain? And those teams, and, I, and we know Walton w- was held to six points against North Cobb this right. week. You know, against my better judgment, I picked Walton. Um, yeah, I know. I'm going to eat crow. I'm, I'm a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> but but so I, I, I look at those teams, I'm like, all right, who 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 can Cherokee pick off? Right. And like you said, it, it really starts with Osborne. And I don't want to call Osborne a low-hanging fruit because if you go over there on Favor Road, they're probably thinking, who can we pick off? Yeah. And they're probably looking at Cherokee thinking the same, the exact same thing. This is a must-win game for both of these teams, Will. Yeah, I mean, I think the conversation for Osborne's a little different. I think Kennesaw Mountain may be a loss that they penciled in there uh, because Kennesaw Mountain, Walton, and North Cobb are top 10 teams in 7A, according to most polls right yes. now. Yes, yes. So you're, you're comfortable with those being the top three. The question is, where do Wheeler, Cherokee, and Osborne fall in? Now, if you can pick somebody off, as you mentioned, if you you know if you can uh, get right game somewhere in there, that's fantastic. Here's the thing, though: Osborne is five and one, but they haven't played anybody. Uh, Forty-six to seven win over Woodstock. Sorry to Woodstock fans, but it's it's the second lowest margin of victory over Woodstock. Uh, a forty-two to thirteen win at Chattahoochee. A fifty-five to nothing win over Lakeside. A seventy to eight win over Clarkston. A thirty-eight to fourteen win over Woodward or Woodland, I should say, not Woodward Academy. <laughs> Woodland, uh, big difference. And then, as you mentioned, you know they, they got sent home with their tail between their legs against Kennesaw Mountain, forty-nine to nothing. So, I, I think this game is very doable for Cherokee. I think one of Cherokee's strengths is their secondary, also secondary to the secondary, if that makes sense, is their 
pass rush. And I think that when you allow Javon Hobson, Kenyon Hunter, George Bogdaddy, the guys that we talk about on a consistent basis to get after the quarterback a little bit, I think it certainly lends itself to help Cherokee. I like their matchup against Osborne. If they lose this game, it gets really hard to make it into the playoffs. If they find a way to win it, they're back in the hunt. They would just need to pick one other person off, and I think it's doable. Don't know where, but I think they can catch up to somebody. So with all of that being said, I have Cherokee at number five in my power ranking. Cherokee falls at number five this week also for me. They're going to have to be able – you talked about their secondary. Uh, Deuce Burr, the quarterback for – I think his given name is Eddie, mm-hmm. uh, but he goes by Deuce Burr. Their quarterback is thrown for over – or just about right at 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, and they run it a little bit more than they pass it. Uh, still averaging 41.8 points a game, so that's a big number. Yeah. Even being shut out last week, uh, the secondary is going to be tested. Pass rush is going to be tested. And they do have a running back who's run for uh, over 670 yards. Khalif Wal- uh, Walters, I believe, is a young man's name. And, and that was through five games. He had that 676 yards. So Cherokee's got their work cut out. They're going to have to find a way, and even late in the game, to be able to run the ball to salt the game away. It should be interesting. They get to play at home. That's a good thing here. Yes. After, after two games on the road, and then and really they haven't been at home, kind of like River Ridge, in, in over a month. A month. Yeah. yeah. So, so it'll be it, it'll be big for Cherokee, and, and hopefully the home crowd shows up because this is a game they really really need on Friday night. Yeah, needed in a big way. So if you're a Warriors fan, make sure you make your way out to Tommy Baker Field. Is this their last home game or their second to last? Second to last. They'll have North Cobb. North Cobb at home. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, definitely need to get out and check this one out. Of course, as we mentioned, it's going to be beautiful fall weather. So. Go check it out. The rain chances will be gone by Friday. Absolutely. So that yep. excuse is gone. Uh, but did you just say where they were in your power ranking? Five? Yeah, number five. Number yep. five. All right. Glad we agree on that. Well, we're going to hit a break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll talk about the Edwa Eagles as they get ready to jump back into action after their bye week. So give us just a minute and we'll be back. With Northside Hospital, you can look forward to new beginnings, look ahead to comeback seasons, and look up for hope and strength. Northside welcomes you into our community of care guided by one clear direction, a mission to heal. Led by our expertise in maternity, heart, cancer, orthopedics, and more, you can move into tomorrow with confidence. For a healthier future together, look to Northside Hospital. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we're here to talk about the Etowah Eagles as they're coming off a bye week and getting ready for the Battle of Town Lake. So, Look, the Battle of Town Lake, one of the two most important rivalries in Cherokee County, is right up there with the Battle of East Cherokee Drive, right up there with the oldest rivalry in Cherokee County, right up there with good old-fashioned hate. Uh, it's rivalry month in Cherokee County, so of course, you know, it's, it's only natural that these two play. Um, so look, Etowah got the bye week after the loss to Creekview. I think that was the best time that they could have a bye. Creekview kind of bullied them around a little bit defensively, saw them get really worn down by Hubert and that big front line that Creekview has. Uh, they're going to turn the page and face a Woodstock team that is, you know, Woodstock doesn't have a lot to play for in terms of playoffs. I think that makes Woodstock a little dangerous because this is going to be Woodstock Super Bowl, right? They've been waiting for this game. This is the big rivalry. They're they're ready to get at it. The key to me is how is is Etowah going to handle the hype of the playoff, the the emotion that goes into it. You know, Larry Prather always says. Four phases of football game, offense, defense, special teams, and emotion. So how do they handle the emotion of this game? And, you know, they have so many young guys 
are they going to be able to be mature enough to handle that and handle the stage? And and that's the question to me. So uh, hopefully for Eagles fans, they will be able to. But Art, what's your take on this? Well, Will, I know you you said that Woodstock, you know, is kind of on the outside looking in, but not yet. Not so fast, my friend. Sitting at 0-3, they're still mathematically alive because what have we, sure. what have we said? That you're going to have to, you know, three losses is the most you can have. So yep. this is a must-win game. I know we're not talking about Woodstock right here, but you, you, you do look at Etowah, and right now they're only a half game ahead of Woodstock at 0-2. So yep. this is, is, is a must-win game for them as well. You don't want to slip too much further in the standings. Tough week their last time out against Creekview. They've had a chance to, to recoup. And again, I, I think what sometimes with young players with that they're just smart enough to, or, or maybe just naive enough to believe that, okay, whatever, we're getting back in it. And, and I think that's what, what you get. And that's, I don't mean the naivety in a bad way, like, oh, well, we lost those guys, but we could beat them if we played them again. Right? Sure. And, and they're just naive enough to believe that. And it's pro- they're probably right. Right. You know, there's an old saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you, you're you, probably right. Right. And, and I think that's my idea. And again, look at this Etowah team. They're still 4-2, and two, Will. This is a team that was 1-9 last two years. What do I think What do I think they have to do? Just get back to go and play in Etowah Eagle football. That's what they have to do. They've been really good. Mahoney's been really good. I know he, he, they didn't win the game, but he showed a lot of flashes against a very athletic uh, and fast and attacking Creekview defense. I think we'll see a little bit more of, of, of Mahoney. We saw the Buffalo uh, get after it. You know, that, you know it was, uh, um, this is an awful, awful uh, steal of a take here, but we hadn't seen a, a, a gap that big since we watched Good Morning America with Michael Strahan. I mean, the, the, it was just that wide, the blocking they did on that. All right, Etowah, I think they get on a run, and it starts this week with the Battle of Town Lake. I'll, we'll go into the game because sure. I, don't wanna, I, I don't want to get too far into that, but... I think they're in good position right now, but they can't overlook a, in a rivalry game. Yeah, I, I, so I'm with you. Etowah has literally everything in front of them. I, I mean, that, I mean that's to me. Etowah right now is is still a playoff team. I mean, it's it's going to come down to their game against Riverridge. It's going to come down to their game against Alatoona, and they still have to face Rome. But Rome has to come to Cherokee County, which, as we've said on the podcast again and again and again, or I have said, I'm not going to tag you on the back end of this, but. I'll I'll call it my own take okay, unless you want in on it. No, because I think okay. that uh, Reese Fountain and his friends have may, may have heard that at some point and and proved a point well, this past week. Well, yeah, okay, but they didn't because they didn't come to <laughs> Cherokee County. They got to host Sequoia, so that's great. But come to Cherokee County and, and prove that. Wow. So uh, the gauntlet has been thrown. Yeah, I mean, I, I just from their history, they're not fantastic in Cherokee County. Okay, so okay, I could be wrong, and I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, <laughs> but I, I don't think I am in this case. So they they get to host Rome, they get to host Alatuna, um, and then the the other game after this game against Woodstock is against Riverridge. So those three teams are playoff contenders, at least if not favorable playoff matchups. If they find a way to go three and two, they're in the playoffs by far, and probably. Considering the way things are falling and the chips are, they'll be the three seed. So something to look forward to if you're an Etowah fan, right? So certainly, once again, the goal is to not be out of the playoffs, but the real goal is not to be number four because you're going to have to go to Langston Hughes, and and, and it, it really doesn't matter who's going to Langston Hughes. I think we know how that's going to turn out. Well, they do have to play the game. Of course. So I think right now the goal is just to get in. And then well, once you get in, maybe you look for that favorable matchup. Sure, right? but if Etowah wins those three games, they won't be the four seed. Well, you're right. You're so right. I, that's and, that. That's and for the record, the last time Rome came to Cherokee County, they yep. did have success. Okay. Yes, I mean they did, but so I mean I'm just playing devil's advocate, Will. 
you're right. They did. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, you know, turning the attention to the actual rivalry game, uh, to me, it, it it's it's the same issue that Woodstock has had. And we're, once again, this is not a Woodstock segment, so we're going to focus on Etowah. But Woodstock has yet to score more than 14 points in a game. If you're Etowah, if you get to 21, you feel really good. I mean, I, I think I think if 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 this Etowah team can get to their average, then uh, they're they're going to be fine. So. To me, that's that's the goal for this one. I like where Etowah's at. I think they have a good chance going into this one. Just hope that the emotion of the game doesn't get to them and they start thinking, you know, this, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to beat them by this amount. But they come into this one, they're uh, 21.6 points per game, allowing 21.8. Um, they're uh, a little bit underperforming on offense over the last five games and a little bit underperforming on defense. So they're a little bit underperforming on both sides. But to me, favorable matchup. I like where they're at. If they can pull this off, they're definitely in the playoff hunt. Uh, so with all that being said, they're at number four in my power ranking. Yeah, I like Etowah at number four. Before we move on, and, I, and maybe we'll talk about them in the preview, uh, quickly becoming my favorite secondary with Jameer Maxine yeah, and Frank Mosley, no relation. Yeah, I tell you, man, uh, you know, we came into this 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 year and we were really impressed with some of the secondaries that we were going to see. We talk about Taylor Cox Young at Creekview a lot. We talk about uh, Jace Jones over at Cherokee a lot. We talk about... Uh, the Sequoia secondary that is seemingly pretty loaded with a couple of guys, Ridley Joseph, Brendan Darling, you know, you know the names. Um, we talked about uh, River Ridge's secondary that has Andrew MJ, Hand, MJ Ayers. MJ Ayers. Yeah. Uh, look, there's a lot of good defensive backs in the county. I don't think I've ever been impressed with a, as, as impressed with a group this year as I was with Etowah when they went to Creekview and found a way to contain those guys the way that they were able to. Very impressed with Etowah. I think they have one of the better secondaries, and one thing that Woodstock has not done incredibly successfully is run the ball. So if they can force them into being a one-dimension team, you really like where Etowah's at. I would agree with that. All right. Where are they at in your power ranking? Number four. Number four. All right. We agree on that Hold and steady at number four. Yeah, they're, and they're in a solid number four spot. I mean, they have, uh, to me, they have nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I mean, they they win this game against mm-hmm. Woodstock, and then... They get you to know, compete that, with some big dogs. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to send it to another break. We're going to come out on the other end, and we will talk about the River Ridge Knights as they get ready to enjoy this bye week and their win over Creekview. Make sure you stay tuned for that one. Give us just a minute, and we'll be back. Do you want to make a difference in your community? I'm Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds, and I am looking for the best and brightest to become deputy sheriffs. We offer a competitive starting salary of over $50,000 and great benefits. Come work with us at the Cherokee Sheriff's Office. Simply go to CherokeeGA-Sheriff.org and click Employment at the top of the page. Become a Deputy Sheriff in Cherokee County today. Feed all the hungry people in your life at Culver's of Hickory Flat. Their signature butter burgers are fresh, never frozen, and the frozen custard is the perfect treat. Culver's of Hickory Flat is locally owned and operated by local people who care about our community. Their passion for fresh food is as strong as their love for the community. They're proud of where they're located and how their local roots have made them who they are. Get fresh food now at Culver's of Hickory Flat, 6778 Hickory Flat Highway. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we are finally ready to talk about some River Ridge Knights football. So before we open this segment, 
I just want to mention, Art, you are here as my witness. I just found a way to open my Twitter DMs, so anybody who has anything to say can can DM slide me directly. In, they can slide, slide into, into the, the DMs. DMs. <laughs> so I apologize to anybody out there who's been trying to slide in and has not been able to. Hopefully from here on out we'll be able to communicate back and forth, and I hope that works out for you. Um, so anyway... Uh, River Ridge, right? So, so big win over Creekview. Excellent job, right? 20 to 17 overtime win. We knew this was going to be a close game. All the pundits liked it. We liked it. Very glad we were there. Thankful to River Ridge for being so friendly, so hospitable. Uh, Coach Dyer, the athletic director over there, so thankful to him. Uh, as well as the press box staff. I didn't get a chance to get anybody's names because we were already on air. But uh, we will be back to River Ridge very soon. You know, obviously, we're not going to talk about it this week, but we'll be back there soon. And, uh, Man, it was it was it was very nice. It was very nice to be at River Ridge. So we're very thankful to everyone for having us. I mean, as much guff as you as you give the knights. I mean, they gave you the royal treatment walking it was. in. I mean, yeah. uh, we had Miss Jenkins who was yeah. who was back uh, back at uh, in Ridge County. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Feletra was 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 awesome, and and uh, you know, just like you said, all all of the staff over there so hospitable, so friendly. Had a chance to to connect with Coach Collins uh, later on the weekend just to just to let him know how much we enjoyed being over at River Ridge because we really did and yes. and we were treated to a great game by both teams on the on the field on Friday night absolutely and that's all we can ever ask for so let's let's break down the game right so yeah. uh, first of all River Ridge very impressive they held Hubert to eighty six rushing yards on twenty three attempts that is no small feat okay that's that's a guy. That and it's a Creekview offense that likes to wear you down. Third and fourth quarter, they tend to put the dagger in and they find a way to extend themselves. And if I remember correctly, Hubert either had a 26 or 36 yard run, and that was where a majority of those yards came off of on that fourth and is that third and or third, third and eighteen third, or yeah. nineteen or whatever. Right, very long play. Yeah. So I was very impressed, and, and it starts up front, right? I mean, we talk, we can talk about the linebackers that did a great job. We called Will Hughes's name all the time. We called Brandon Burdett's name a lot. We called Brendan Dye's name a lot. But really, the reality is, to me, is that guys like Ethan Anderson up front really sprung that. Jimmy Altamirano, I believe, is how you say his name. Uh, we even saw, you know, Jackson Head rotate in at defensive end a couple of times. Don't think he had any record of note. I don't think he like he had a tackle or a tackle uh, for loss. There was a big time collision between Isaac Hubert and but, Jackson Head. But yeah, so that was that, that was, was my point is the, that they yeah. had to run away from it. Right, right. You know, and the one time they did run towards him, there were two big men that yes. collided. And and uh, yeah, it was it was impressive. So very impressed with River Ridge's defense. Also, the secondary did a great job. Like as we mentioned in the uh, Cherokee segment, a lot of great or the Etowah segment, a lot of great secondaries in Cherokee County. River Ridge is right up there with the best of them. Adam Lipsy did a great job. Um, you talk about you know MJ Ayers doing a great job. Uh, didn't really see Andrew Hand in, in corner mm-hmm. much, but still, I mean, th- they did a good job. I, I was very impressed with River Ridge's secondary. Um, the offense was okay. I'll put it like that. Um, we knew Creepview's defense was going to be good coming into this. They're an above-average defense. They hold teams to below the average. Uh, that's why the Cooper predictor tends to like them. Th- their offense was okay. They found ways to put up points when they could. They found ways to move the ball somewhat effectively. But to me, they really took advantage of Creepview making mistakes in the special teams. They took over on the 27-yard line twice, found a way to convert those into points. Uh, the one knock I could have on River Ridge in that game is they did not win the turnover battle. Had two turnovers, a couple of really one of them was a batted ball that was kind of a chaos play. The other one was was a true interception. But after all that, like where River Ridge is at, hopefully they'll use the bye week to their advantage as they get ready to close things out. Tell you what, you mentioned uh, Ethan Anderson. He is quickly becoming one of my favorites, and I don't like to say favorites, but 
just absolutely disruptive along the on the offensive line. And River Ridge did a great job of of one preventing really building a wall. And Zach Gross mentioned this on the broadcast, and and he did a phenomenal job breaking this down. If you absolutely. guys if, in, if you guys didn't hear him last week, and he won't be on the on, on the air this week, but when he gets back on the air, you're really missing the treat when Zach when Zach Gross is uh, in the booth with us. Well, the uh, replays to all of our calls are always available on YouTube. So if you search WLJ 101.1 uh, FM on YouTube, there's actually a playlist titled 2022 Cherokee County Football. Every single play-by-play we've done for the year is available on that playlist, including it's not uploaded yet, but hopefully by the time you're listening to this on Wednesday, it will be uploaded. Uh, but every play by plays there so for uh i know like reese weir at, at edward clipped mm-hmm. our call and, and put it over his highlights if anybody out there is interested in doing that it is available for you Absolutely. to use and, and you're always more than welcome to we don't we we don't need credit for it nope. we don't need any of that uh we do it for the kids we do it for the parents so if it's something that you feel would be would be fun would be additional if it's something you want uh, you're more than welcome to use absolutely. it. So absolutely. Go ahead, Art. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but, uh, but they did a great job. You already mentioned their linebackers, Burdett, Dye. Uh, but again, Anderson and Altamirano uh, just so did such a great job up the front and then did a good job of really bracketing Austin Guest when he kind of wanted to, on the, on the RPO, wanted to pull that ball and get on the outside. Where we've seen him have success, was not able to do that on Friday night. And um, credit to the River Ridge defense. And I think – on that game, credit to both defenses because they both those defenses kept their teams in the ball game. Coach Collins had a great game plan uh, in that defensive staff, had a great game plan. Maybe thought they might be able to put up a few more points, but again, this is a physical uh, defense they were going up against. They pride themselves on on holding teams to below their you know below their points and, and their average for the most part this season. Uh, and and I think it's an impressive win for River Ridge that you get right back into the hunt for a home playoff game. You win a game at home. You hadn't been there for th- for for a month, and it was an electric atmosphere. Creepview traveled well. The, the Ridge fans came out, and now they get to enjoy the bye week, Will. So where are they you at? Where are they at in your power I t- ranking? I tell you what, River Ridge is probably the most topsy-turvy team in my, in my top six. They've been very volatile. Extremely. So this week, all the way up, to number two. Well, we opened the show by telling the good people that there is a new number one in town. There's a new sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't done the Sequoia segment yet, but you know that obviously they were number one. They're not number one anymore. Uh, River Ridge is also not. They have not moved an inch in my power ranking. They remain at number three. Number three? I'm a lot, I would be glad to elaborate if you would like. I mean, you're not going to have to explain this to me, but, uh, you know, now that You've opened up your DMs. Mm-hmm. I can see a lot of people. They're not sliding in. Really. They <laughs> they're are, running in. Yes, they are running into your DMs to to give you the business. So I'm going to give you a chance to explain yourself here on the podcast. Sure. Why on God's green earth would you have the River Ridge Knights ranked at number three, which inevitably means, mm-hmm. because we've already talked about your number four, unless you have dropped a certain team to number six. I have not. Okay. Which inevitably means the team that they just beat – Mm-hmm. is ranked ahead of them in your poll. Correct. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to explain it. I, I went to school in Duval County. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't the math we were taught in Duval. Well, okay? I'm a Cherokee County grad. So anybody who makes jokes about my math ability, you know, he, <laughs> he who lives in, a, in the last house, you know. Um, all right. Look, here's the reality. Riverridge still played a cupcake schedule up until the point. Uh, if you look, If you talk about the teams that weren't necessarily – 
easy to beat, uh, according to most of the objective mathematical predictors. They were North Atlanta, who they lost to. And then, uh, you know, they picked up the other loss as well a little bit later. Um, it's, it's not easy to break down, but, but here's, the, here's the simple fact. Uh, their offense is underperforming by two points still, and their defense is underperforming by a point still. So they are still below the average of what a team does. That means that they are not going to hold a team less to what they do. So when we take the Creepview game for a perfect example, right? They uh, Creepview, right? This came is in. great. I love this. I'm glad you like this. <laughs> Creepview came in averaging 25 points per game. That's great. They held them to eight points below the average. That's that's fantastic. Creekview, on the other hand, came in allowing 17.2 points. Now, you might say that should be a 2.8 advantage for River Ridge. The Cooper predictor does not do that. If it is tied at the end of regulation, it takes the end of regulation score. So I know people don't like that necessarily, but everything that happens after that, the reason you do that is because if you take the Etowah Cherokee game for a perfect example, right? The game ended the exact same score, 17 to 17, ended up being 31 to 30. Okay, you end up blowing one side out. So their offense way overperforms, their defense way underperforms. You can't do that to a team. It gets too lopsided. It's not worth it. So it's all the same. It, it all equals out the same at the end of the day. Uh, look, they underperformed against Sequoia on both sides of the ball. They underperformed against uh, Sprayberry big time, uh, except offensively they did fine. Uh, North Atlanta, they underperformed on both sides of the ball. And against Woodstock, I know people aren't going to like this, but they still underperformed against both sides of the ball. Um, it's just, it is what it is. It, it, the math doesn't like them yet. Uh, I think that they uh, the win was very impressive, but mathematically speaking, as a matter of fact, if you talk about the difference that they were against Creekview last week, they've actually lost a little separation. So last week, it, the Cooper predictor liked Creekview by nine over Riverage. This week, it likes them over Riverage by 29. Now, part of that is it drops the recent game. It only takes the five most recent. So it did drop their Cambridge game and their Hillgrove game, talking about Creekview here. And Riverage also dropped a couple of wins against Hillgrove and Pope. So with all that being said... Riverage still at number three. Look, I mean, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what the math thinks about it. Once again, I have no personal opinion in the matter. I put in the numbers. It does what it does. It is, uh, it's 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 87% correct last year. On the year right now, it's 84%. So you may not like it. And obviously, it was wrong about the Creekview-Riverage game. So maybe it has Riverage pegged wrong right now. But it is what it is. If Riverage beats Rome, beats Etowah, beats uh, Alatuna, it really doesn't matter what it thinks, and it'll probably come around to it. So that's where we're at right now, Riverage at number three. Man. Well, at Will24Cooper on Twitter, any comments, Any uh, if anybody would like to uh, discuss how I got that information. There's a couple of things that I leave out talking on the podcast. Obviously, you don't want to give the secret sauce away. Sure, sure. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to go into more detail on how we get there. And the other thing, too, is is that the predictor has been perfected over two years. Okay. That's why we do drop the last two games, because it's too much information. Because Creekview Week 1 is not Creekview Week 7, just like Riverage Week 1 is not Riverage Week 7. I, I would say that Riverage fans probably think there's some flaws in it, and it has not been perfected. That's fine. <laughs> On the year... I can't, I can't speak for River Ridge. I can only uh, assume, and it's dangerous when we assume. We well, let me put right. it like this. Against against the spread, which is a combination of Cal Preps and the Maxwell ratings, mm -hmm. which we put together, mm -hmm. it is four of five in predicting River Ridge games correctly. Okay. All right. So, 
That is that is what it is. Maybe it has Creekview pegged wrong, and it's way overvaluing the Grizzlies, but still, it, River is still number three, so there's another team there. I, I'm just, that's all I'm saying about it. So happy to discuss it with anybody further. I know sometimes on the podcast it gets a little confusing what I'm talking about, but hopefully we can elaborate on that. Not that I'm betting on high school football, but if you were giving me River Ridge in 29 points, I'd take that. Yeah. Every, every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I would too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would too. I'll put it like that. Once again, and, 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 and Art, you can attest to this. This is the last thing I'll say about it. I came in here today with River Ridge at number three, and I wasn't happy about it. You're right. Because it's not it where do, I wanted to because put Because it doesn't pass the eye test, no, right? Not at you know, all. We, we, we talked about that. Right. We, it doesn't pass the eye test. But it, it was week one. We put Sequoia in the, in the predictor, and it had Sequoia at week one to start. Yeah. And it, uh, okay, obviously the loss to Rome's tough, but uh, yeah, Sequoia ended up being pretty legit, and it had Sequoia at number one when they were 0-3. Right. So, who knows? Numbers don't lie. Nope. But we can always use and twist statistics to prove our point, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's all I got to say about it. Art, anything else from you? I think we have uh, beaten that horse. Pontificated enough on uh, River Ridge, and again, hats off to the Knights. Yes, down there, big win. Big win over Creekview down there in Ridge County. We should mention their uh, their playoff stance now with only uh, one region loss, um, sitting in the catbird seat. Yeah. Um, if you ask me, I mean that that they're kind of in a three way tie with Creekview, Sequoia, and themselves. Obviously, Creekview and Sequoia are going to beat each other up and find out who's the legit one amongst those. Then you'll be left with two. If you're a Riveridge fan, you're hoping Creekview wins because you have the head to head over them. Then if Riveridge wins out, they're second seed. Uh, as a matter of fact, if or they first, won out, they would be first because they would yeah. beat Rome. Um, so a lot to play for for Riveridge. Um, so a lot in front of them. If they do drop that game to, to Rome and Creekview drops that game to Rome, then once again, you're hoping that Creekview beats Sequoia because you want that head to head. Uh, as a Riverage fan, you're basically rooting for Creekview at this point. I know that's kind of a weird <laughs> thing to say, but you would rather Creekview win out than Sequoia win out sure. because you have the head-to-head. So any team you have the head-to-head over. Uh, and look, Riverage has a tough tough schedule ahead of them. I mean, they, they're going to have to face Etowah, they're going to have to face Alatoona, and they're going to have to face Rome. So there's a lot there that, that can go wrong, hopefully not for them. Looking forward to seeing where they are in the playoffs, but they're right there in the mix of a home playoff game, if not one seed, if not at least in the playoffs. Yeah, no gimmies for the Knights. They got their, like you said, they got their work cut out for them, but big first step last week in beating Creekview. Absolutely. All right, let's head a break. We'll come out on the other end. We'll talk about the Woodstock Wolverines as they get ready for the Battle of Town Lake. Give us just a minute and we'll be back. When you are the official sponsor of the comeback, adding a few feet to a drive matters. First down. So does shaving a tenth of a second off a lap. Top-rated surgery, physical therapy, and motion analysis by the sports medicine team at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta helps young athletes not only prevent injuries, but heal faster and return stronger, ready to win. Our more than 25 orthopedic and sports medicine locations are ready to assist your athletes' comeback. To learn more, visit choa.org slash sportsmed. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we're here to talk about some Woodstock Wolverine football. So, uh, the story continues to be the same, unfortunately, for the Wolverines. Tough week, tough loss against Alatuna. Alatuna racked up 366 rushing yards, which it's what Alatuna does, okay? Mm-hmm. Alatuna is not a very balanced team. They're not very good if you can keep them from running the ball. That's easier said than done. Obviously, uh, Woodstock found that out. But a uh, 7-41 loss, that was a tough one. It was at Alatuna. That's also a very difficult place to play. Um, so for Woodstock, turn the attention, right? They're going to face Etowah. To me, this is, this is, this is what will make or break Woodstock season for them. 
Um, you know, they, they still have a chance to be in the playoffs, and it starts with a win over Etowah, and that's how they could they could really make some things happen, of course. Um, the, the, the schedule for Woodstock after this game is not easy. They're still going to have to play Sequoia. They're still going to have to play Creekview, which are looking like those top-tier teams. But in review, I think that they are learning. I was surprised that they held Altoona to 41 points given the 366 rushing yards. But it's still the same story. They only scored seven, Art. I mean, at some point, you've got to find a way to put up more than 14 points to give your team a chance to win. And right now, they're just not being able to do that. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's been a tough go of it for the Wolverines this season. Uh, Put up 156 yards of offense last week. That's a little bit under their average of, you know, just around 160. But, you know, they're close. Uh, and then, like you said, just scoring seven, six, seven, fourteen points a game—it's going to be tough when you're giving up roughly, you know, six, seven touchdowns a, a game. And yeah. and you got to find something somewhere. We talked about the turnover margin. That that is that might be an area where they can improve. Special teams, you know, you just got to find a way to get a ray of light to get to be in that game at halftime, to be in that game going to the third quarter and give yourself a chance. Because I guarantee you the other team gets a lot nervous, you know, a lot more nervous when a team they don't believe should be playing with them is playing with them. And it gives your team confidence. And I, I think that's what uh, we saw a little bit of that early in the season. But Alatuna just a tough matchup because they want to be physical. It's similar yeah. to Creekview, similar to Rome. Uh, they really want to, to, to dominate that ball game. And they did. And we, we talked about that going in. You're going to have to stop Jaden Ponder because, you know, Quite frankly, Altoona quarterbacks, and I'll say it again, they've been get, throwing interceptions out there, giving away Thanksgiving turkey some days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but when they run the ball, they're really good. <laughs> they can be they are. really good. And Woodstock found that out the hard way. But you got to have a short memory, flip the page, because you've got the Battle of Town Lake coming up. This was a 17 14 game last year, Will. Uh, we were there. Yeah. Well, uh, the power game. went out. Yes, that was also crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. This game at Woodstock this time, so that'll be a, a, a little bit of an advantage for the Wolverines. Of course, you can't really say it's much of an advantage because it's going to be a packed house. It always it's is. It's just not. Right across the street, right? right? Every, and nobody has any excuse not to go, so um, it'll definitely be packed. To me, this is this is a game Woodstock has to take advantage of the rivalry and the potential for chaos, right? Because Etowah's a very young team. Mm-hmm. And they're led by a kid in, in Mahoney who is young, very exciting, very talented, but inexperienced, right? Mm-hmm. Wide receivers across the board, sophomores for the most part. Young offensive line, young running backs, young defense, not a lot of starters returning from last year. They've got to find a way to take advantage of that because this rivalry, we don't have to build it up. The kids build it up themselves. Sure. I mean, you know. It's an awesome rivalry. We'll put it like that, right? Hey, Woodstock's trying to paint the town red. It, of course. And, you know, they cross out the E's on the town lake <laughs> sign. And uh, there's there's tons of fun things that yes. go into the rivalry. I think it's awesome. But you cannot – for Woodstock, they have to take advantage of that, mm-hmm. okay? they they got to take advantage of the fact that this is going to be an emotional high for them, that they're going to be able to ride this. They're going to be able to find a way to win this game. And if they are, then they're really going to do two things. First of all, we mentioned they're going to put themselves back in the position for a playoff slot, but they're also going to really mess up Etowah's season as well, which is if you're a Wolverines fan, that's all you want to do at the end of the day. So everything in front of Woodstock right now, I still think that this game comes down to who handles the emotion of the game better. I've been a part of this game for five years now. 
it tends to get a little chippy by the end of the game, okay? So if that remains to be seen, who's the person that gets the personal foul? You know, who? where does it end? Where does it start? That That's kind of the, the sway for me. So I think I give Woodstock pretty much a 50-50 chance in this game. I know all the predictors will have Edouard favored, but but you got to throw those out at this point. So uh, interesting to see. We're going to be scoreboard watching this game a lot. Absolutely. I think if, if you're Woodstock, it's going to be imperative that guys like Carson Gray and Drew Burmeister really hone in on stopping it and helping in, in that run support and, and finding ways to contain Mahoney because he is just so good and it's you know so fast and exciting to watch and then then on the other end you know you've got to get we haven't talked about Adonis Garcia but that's a guy that's got to be involved some way shape or form and they've got to try to get him uh, whether it's special teams or you know I don't know maybe you line him up in the wildcat and I you know that, that's probably Something. not in their play package Jet but sweep. you know you got to figure out a way to get your playmakers a ball and and we've seen him when he get, gets the ball in his hand he can do some special things so uh, ought to be a fun fun night over there at the at the woodshed and and Woodstock looking for their first win of the season and and like you said how sweet would it be to get that first win and then and send your your crosstown rival or cross the street rival uh, to you know zero and three in the region and they're looking up at everybody yeah that would be a tough one so uh, I have Woodstock number six in my power ranking they are number six as well so we do agree on that one. all right well at least we agree on something. All right, let's hit a break. We'll come out on the other end, and we'll break down our Cherokee County game of the week. That's the Creekview as they make the trip over to Skip Pope Stadium to face the Sequoia Chiefs. So give us just a minute, and we'll be back. There's been so much talk about distracted driving, you're probably sick of hearing about it. Well, we'd rather you be sick of hearing about it than lose your life doing it. The caring staff with Sosby Funeral Home in Canton reminds you that we all have to go sometime, but don't rush it. Wait your turn and don't drive distracted. Keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road, and make sure you stay alert and arrive alive. Drive safely and help us protect our teens. They're the only future we've got. Brought to you by Sosby Funeral Home, honoring life from 191 Jarvis Street in Canton. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. We're ready to talk about some Creekview Grizzly football. Uh, we will have Coach Williams calling in here in a few minutes, but before we do that, we do have to break down the Grizzlies' last game against River Ridge. So, tough loss for Creekview fans. I mean, it's it's, it's difficult, right? Uh, Creekview, not great on the road. I will talk about that later. I have a lot of statistics to bring up, so make sure you stay tuned for the actual breakdown for Creekview versus Sequoia. Um, but 17-20 to 20 overtime loss. You got to give credit to River Ridge. They found a way to contain Hubert. Twenty-three carries, only eighty-six yards. Only had two hundred and six passing yards, which isn't necessarily bad. But when you don't run for all that much, this is a Creepy team that runs for about one hundred and eighty a game. They only ran for one hundred and eleven. The passing game wasn't able to pick that up on the back end, uh, and that's why they weren't able to uh, to get the win. Now, obviously, there were a couple of things that didn't go their way. Of course, the field goal in overtime. Can't really blame that on 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 Babcock. I mean, it's just it's part of the game, right? And this field goals are just part of it. It's just unfortunate. Um, but I like where Creekview is at moving into this game. They still have everything to play for. That one loss doesn't necessarily keep them out of anything. It doesn't even keep them out of contention for a one seed. They just the road got a little bit more difficult, right? So now they're going to have to beat Rome if they want the number one seed, and they're going to have to get they're going to have to either they're going to have to either win out. Or they're going to have to find a way for Riverage to lose a game and them to only lose that one game to Rome to be the two seed. So things get a little bit more complicated. They don't necessarily control their own destiny for a home playoff game anymore. Yeah. 
tough loss for for Creekview. Yep. I mean, it was a, a game they were uh, it was kind of nip and tuck. We talked about it before in the River Ridge segment. I was impressed with Jackson Stanley. I'm going to ask Coach Williams about that and and his where where he keeps finding these kids from right. because they, the sophomores they, yeah, just they keep rolling keep, out of there. They keep rolling out and 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 having big games. I was again. I was impressed by their defense, and a couple of times I felt like they had their backs against the wall. And when they needed a turnover, needed a stop, they got it, mm-hmm. and and allowed their offense to to go in and and score that tying touchdown that ultimately you know forced that game to go into overtime. You mentioned Creekview being in a position to to still control their own destiny. The easy thing is to win out. You right. win out, and then you have to have one River Ridge loss. If you lose one, you almost need to have two River Ridge losses. And there's a, a you know the scenarios are still running wild here. And and and, and as everyone knows, the closer we get to November fourth, which is the last uh, week of the season, the more we'll know about who's sitting where. But right now, it looks like we might have some chaos brewing as we've got three teams sitting at two and one. And I know this is a Creepview segment, and I know it's a Cherokee County podcast. We we have put the Alatuna Buccaneers on the back burner, and I, they probably deserve a little bit more respect yeah. than what we've been giving them. So they're lurking in the weeds, also, you know, playing uh, already having games against Roman Creekview and, and now Woodstock in the region, and they'll play our our you know uh, Etowah River Ridge and um, Sequoia. Thank you very much, Sequoia, to close out their season after their bye week this week. So uh, you know. That Cobb County School is going to have a lot to say about what happens to our Cherokee County Schools in the postseason. Yeah, they have everything in front of them still, for sure. So uh, you can't discredit Alatoona yet. Um, I still think that Alatoona is a one-dimensional and very beatable team. Um, I think if you can eliminate the run, which is easier said than done, but I think if you can eliminate <laughs> the run, then they are, uh, they're beatable. And I think a couple of teams that can do that include River Ridge and Sequoia, and I think the Etowah game is pretty much a toss-up at this moment. We have to see where those two teams lay out. But I, I agree with you in the fact that Alatuna cannot be discredited. So we went from just a couple of weeks ago, or even last week, thinking, okay, three Cherokee County teams get in. It's not necessarily a bought and sold deal yet, okay? And even these teams like Creekview that started out 2-0, and Sequoia started out 2-0 and in the region, could very quickly find themselves out of playoff contention if they drop a couple of games that they shouldn't drop. So you got to beat who you're supposed to beat. And uh, it starts this week for Creekview with beating Sequoia. Obviously, Creekview has dominated the series. I, is it? I, I think this will be the 15th iteration of this game. Creekview's won 11 out of the three. Um, Creekview historically dominates this rivalry. I'm sorry, Sequoia fans, but it is what it is. Um, so, you know, it's going to be up to uh, Sequoia to play a little bit of a troublemaker there. But with all that being said, Creekview number one in my power ranking. What'd you just say? Creekview. The Creekview Grizzlies over on Owen Store Road are number one in the Cooper Predictor Power Rankings. 100% mathematical based. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> well, I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, let, let's start Pray with... Tell. Let's, let's start with the basics, okay? Uh, this Cooper Predictor iteration does not take into account home and away splits. We will discuss why that is an important topic in a few minutes. But Creekview comes in. Averaging 27.2 points per game, 18.6 points allowed over their last two games, or over five games, I should say. Their last five. Last five, correct. So they have removed the embarrassing Cambridge and Hillgrove losses. Okay, so that's good for them. But with that being said, 
they have a 6.7 point bonus on offense. They overperform by almost seven points, so almost a touchdown, and their defense overperforms by over seven points, up to eight points. So they're getting a 15-point swing because of that, okay? So you're already talking about a team that's averaging, if you take that points per game and points allowed per game, they're averaging winning by nine points. You add that swing, they're 14, 15 points better than most teams, okay? So... When they come into this game against Sequoia, Sequoia took a tough loss against against Rome. That's why Sequoia falls number two. It's hard to overlook a fifty-two to nothing loss. I know Rome's very good, but they're uh, just not all that good. So <laughs> they're the not level of disrespect for the Rome Wolves in the studio tonight. They're not fifty-two points better. Oh, okay, they're not. They let, were Friday. Okay, uh, let me ask you this. You're more of a statewide guy. Okay. All right. Is Rome better than Cedartown? I think so. Mm. See, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. See, I would even argue that before last week, and now the argument's invalid because I lost to Hiram, but I would argue that Calhoun was better than Rome. I mean... It doesn't matter now because they lost to Hiram. I don't think Calhoun is better than Rome. All right. Well, either way. So obviously we disagree <laughs> on that point. But, okay, is is is... Cedartown seven points worse than Rome? I, I think Rome is favored by 11 going into that game. 11? Yeah. Okay, well. Then you I can go to Cal Preps and see it. We can pull that up. I mean, but if I if I was just on face value, uh, 4A Cedartown, sure. 6A Rome, I'd say it's an 11-point margin of victory for the Wolves. I understand that. Well, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, and it's a late Reese Fountain to Martell Height touchdown pass. To get to 11, is that what you're saying? Yes. Let's see. And no disrespect to Cedartown because they're the number one team in my 4A poll. Yeah, I mean, they're really good this year. Uh, Cedartown would be favored by 13, according to Cal Preps. Okay, well, I think that's about right. Say about seven. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you take into consideration Cal Preps, also a mathematically based, no bias input sure. predictor, sure. I agree. I think that Cedartown is better than Rome. So when you talk about the fact that Sequoia went to Cedartown, lost 35 to nothing, then turned around and lost to Rome, 52 to nothing, I think that game is more of an outlier than what Sequoia is normally used to. I don't think that Rome is 52 points better than Sequoia. I think they're probably closer to 28 or 21 points better than Sequoia. But it doesn't matter because the score is 52 to nothing at the end of the day. With all that being said, a 52 to nothing loss is why Sequoia drops to number two, but Creekview moves up to number one because they have yet to suffer a loss that bad. Even the loss they suffered against Cambridge is no longer a factor. So that's why Creekview is number one. Folks, I'm not even going to try to reason with Will here on this one. <laughs> I mean, he's he's certainly... At Will24 Cooper for all DMs and arguments. <laughs> oh, first of all, in my in the way I rank these teams that, you know, I, I know we can't discount the game that they played against Rome because they have to, that does give us kind of a bar. Uh, but we, we talked about this, Will, and... and and how I rank them, it's against like opponents. And I realize that Sequoia got beat by 52 points. They're still the number one team in Cherokee County. Uh, my top three teams are Sequoia. Yep. They move into the number one spot because Creekview lost. River Ridge moves up from number three to number two because they beat my former number one. And my former number one drops number three. Now, 
in the event that Creekview wins, so it goes, mm-hmm. it goes Sequoia River Ridge Creekview for yep. me. One, two, three. Yep. In the event that Creekview wins, and I'll have, probably have to find a different way, uh, maybe flipping coins. Might or, I suggest a mathematical predictor? Uh, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> not yours. Uh, but 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 it'll 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 certainly throw some things into the fray. Um, th- that you know you got a then you've got a round robin where everybody's beat you know somebody's beat everybody and and then it becomes for me what have you done for me lately sure and um, but yeah I, I I still believe um, Sequoia at number one Creepview uh, gonna have to get some things done and, and figure it out uh, it to stay. Up in that, and I think they're firmly in that top three spot in the county. They've proven that they're one of the top three teams. But uh, big week, you know, outside of rankings, it's a big week for them in this game coming up against Sequoia because you don't want to drop two games in in region play because then you really, really have an an issue with your margin for error at that point. Yeah, you do. And uh, just for argument's sake, Calhoun would only be a six point underdog to Rome. I appreciate Cal preps, but they're wrong. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Wrong, 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 wrong. Interesting take. Yeah, I agree with you. But unfortunately for this conversation, Coach Williams has been on the line for a minute. So we're going to have to take that call. And hopefully we will be able to come back on the (laughs) other end of that and finish this conversation. So give us just a second and we'll take the call from the coach. We'll be back. The number one magazine to read is Enjoy Cherokee. This beautiful, full-color, seasonal publication keeps you in the know with articles about interesting people, fun events, hot restaurants, and cool ideas. Enjoy Cherokee is for busy people who enjoy a lifestyle magazine worth reading and keeping. You'll find Enjoy Cherokee available at most high-traffic locations and mailed free to homes throughout Cherokee County. Join the thousands who don't miss a single issue. Follow us on Facebook and find issues on enjoycherokee.com. Ask for a free publication and enjoy. Thank you for joining us once again on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And joining us now is the head coach of the Creekview Grizzlies, Coach Trevor Williams. Coach, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it, guys, as always. Absolutely, Coach. It's always an honor. Uh, I want to ask the first question here. So we got to get last Friday out of the way. So obviously a tough loss at River Ridge. But with all of that being said, what was the message to your kids after the loss? And and what was the locker room like as as you guys were making your way back home? Uh, Our guys do a really good job. Um, of, of kind of compartmentalizing. They were ready by the time we got on the bus and, and got back to school. They were, they were eyes forward to Sequoia and uh, fixing the mistakes that we made and the things that, that we can control. And um, They've done a good job so far in the first two days of practice to, to make sure that, that all eyes are, are ahead to, to the challenge that we have this week. Coach, last week, River Ridge did a pretty good job of committing to stopping your, your run offense, and you had to turn to the air kind of early. And one of the guys that stood out, uh, at least to us up in the booth, was Jackson Stanley, a sophomore H-back for you guys. Can you tell us a little bit about Jackson and, and how he was able to step up for you guys? Yeah, he's another multi-sport guy. You know, that's the theme when you talk about um, Creekview Athletics as, as a whole. Uh, we got a lot of guys that play multiple sports, and I think that helps them to respond in big moments you know Jackson was a a starter for our baseball team as a freshman Um, you know so anytime you you experience that as a young kid the the moment's not too big for you and uh, he's he's done nothing but make plays since since we've called him up and really pleased with where he's at and, and look forward to continuing to see him get better every week. 
Coach, as you get ready to do this rivalry against Sequoia, obviously there's a lot of emotion that goes into it and there's a lot of history with it. How do you control the emotion from your side of the field and, and get your kids ready to play throughout the week, but also ready to play smart football come Friday night? Uh, you know, I think it's a, a balancing act. I think, you know, you want to control it from a standpoint of making sure you can execute and making sure that, that you do your job and, and don't get overly emotional to a point where you can't uh, execute. But I think, you know, that's part of what makes high school football great is those rivalry games, and uh, the close proximity and guys that have grown up playing against each other and with each other in some cases. Uh, I think that's that's one of the things that, that makes high school football so special. So I think that side of it, you, you feed into a little bit. Coach, we always talk about your defensive players, your stars, Grant Andersons, and we've talked about Isaac and Cole Sackman and, and Taylor Cox Young. Uh, but, Coach, who are some of those other guys on defense, kind of the unsung heroes that maybe don't get as much press as those other superstars for you? Absolutely. Um, Evan Whalen is a young corner uh, that, that drew a really tough challenge this past week uh, with an explosive River Ridge wide receiving core and, and stepped up and had a really nice game. Um, a senior defensive lineman, Billy Sir, uh, junior Beckett Singleton's done a really nice job for us. And then with Isaac taking more of the load offensively, uh, Jack Gibson has slid over uh, to, to play middle linebacker for us and, and has done a really nice job. And then Josh Tooten, since uh, he came back off an injury early in the year, has, has been a really dynamic uh, addition to our defense. He's been able to pressure the quarterback some and, and give us some coverage out there at the outside linebacker as well. And coach, I, I mean, I, I think we people around this area know, but even watching your defense, uh, even though it wasn't the, the result you, you wanted uh, in, in the game Friday night, we, we thought that the way your defense played, it kept your team in the game and gave you chance, guys a, a chance to win in overtime. But uh, it's been impressive to watch, and especially some of these younger kids as, as the as the older, more notable names kind of move on, these young kids just kind of fill up and, and step in. So uh, I, I would say great job uh, by your by your staff and your defense coordinators over there uh, getting things done. Yeah, our defense coordinator, Chip Martin, and our defensive staff do a really nice job. And, um, you know, it's 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 something that, that we take a lot of pride in. Um, even early, you know, from the time they're in ninth grade and, and when they play JV of the expectation and, and the culture and our guys – seem to uh to buy into that and, and hold themselves to a really high standard that they do coach i can tell you from firsthand <laughs> experience you guys will be on the road as we mentioned coach we are looking forward to calling your game on friday night uh, you'll have your hands full with the wing t offense of 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 sequoia and we can't wait to call it should be another great game and we really appreciate you uh, taking some time with us this afternoon yes sir it's going to be a great night for high school football and our kids are looking forward to it Thanks for having me, guys. So a special thank you to Coach Williams for being with us here on the podcast. Always good to talk to him, and we appreciate him being easy to access. Uh, you know, it's kind of turned into the Coach Williams show since we've had him on for the last three weeks, Art. Yeah, it has. I mean, we appreciate him going back to back to back with us on the Cherokee County Football Blitz, and they've got a big game over at Skip Pope and Sequoia, and he's got a lot of history with the Chiefs, and uh, looking forward to seeing them uh, go at, get after it on Friday night. You want to elaborate on that history? Absolutely not. All right, I'll leave it alone then. I was asked to leave it alone, so I'll leave it alone with you. <laughs> All right, well, let's come out on the other end of the break. We'll talk about the Sequoia Chiefs, and we'll probably continue our debate about the power rankings, so make All sure right. you stay tuned for that. Just a second, we'll be back. At Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, we don't have locations across the country. Our stores are right here in Georgia. 
Our customers aren't numbers, they're neighbors. Your kids probably go to school with our kids. And chances are, your furniture is our furniture. So the next time you're thinking new living room, dining room, bedroom, or new mattress, think Woodstock Furniture and Mattress Outlet, Georgia's furniture and mattress superstore. For nearly 30 years, locally owned, Georgia grown. Welcome back into the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we are here to talk about the Sequoia Chiefs. Of course, we will have Coach James Teeter calling in here in just a little bit, so let's run through this review. Uh, look, not much to talk about positive. 52, lo- 52 to nothing loss against Rome. They only managed 13 yards of total offense. You can't win a game. doesn't matter how much the other team puts up or how much your defense does. Uh, there were some concerns around a couple of illness issues in the pre, you know, the the week leading up, and then also into the game, we don't know the extent of those. Not our place to talk about it. We're not going to address it. Um, it doesn't matter who is playing. Fifty-two to nothing, really a loss that Sequoia could not have at this state. They're not doomed in terms of playoffs by far, but a lot of confidence that 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 the predictor had in them, and I think some fans had in them, maybe a little wavering. It's going to be a it's going to be up to them to respond well against a Creekview team coming to town to uh, find a way to restore that faith. Yeah, it's a tough one going up to Barron Stadium on Friday night. You you were hoping that you could your, your defense could could hold Rome, but I, I believe they scored on on every one of their possessions, or at least their first six possessions in the first half, and forced a bunch of three and outs by Sequoia, and that's a recipe for disaster for anyone. And uh, just a tough night, you know. You get back on the bus and you come home, and you you kind of take that one you know, wad it up and throw it in the trash and burn it and get back at it this burn week. It bad. If 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 I'm if I'm uh Coach Teeter and we'll talk to him a little bit about that, you know, sure. what 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 the atmosphere is uh when we get him uh on uh, on his interview coming up. But I, th- I think if you're Sequoia, everything is still in front of you. All right. You that's your first region loss of the year. Uh you're still you went out and you still have opportunity to host a home playoff game. Um and I think that's, you know, first and foremost, we talk about it for every team. Can I get to those three, maybe four wins to ensure that I'm in qualify? And and then you look for that home playoff. Yeah, I mean, if you're Sequoia, Sequoia actually has the worst road to getting a number one seed out of the three of River Ridge, Creekview, and Sequoia right now, the three one loss in the, in the uh, region. So very simply, here it is. You have to beat Creekview. If you want a home playoff game, that's simple. Uh, and if you beat Creekview, you become a big Creekview fan because you're going to want them to beat Rome and you're going to want them to beat River Ridge to kind of just get them out of the way, right? But you're well, also— Creekview can't beat River Ridge. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you're going to want them to beat Rome. I mean, they could, but they can't this year. Right. You're going to want be, you're gonna want Creekview to beat Rome, and you're going to want River Ridge to beat Rome as well. Right. That's Absolutely. what or, I meant. Or Etowah. Right. Or Etowah. Right. Uh, well, you know, you'd rather them beat Rome because you have the head-to-head against them, sure, but you would rather Rome have two losses if you're trying to get the number one. Sure, team. sure. So you're trying to find a way for Rome to get two losses. I don't know that that happens, but if that's what you want, then you're going to need some help from your buddies. But once again, you have the head-to-head over River Ridge. So even if River Ridge found a way to beat Rome, and that was the only loss that Rome had, it still wouldn't matter. You'd still be the number two seed. So you're a River Ridge fan for now. If you beat Creekview, you become a Grizzlies fan, but you just want the Wolves to lose as much as possible. Um, and, of course, they have the head-to-head over Etowah, so if Etowah found a way to beat Rome, that's even better. If Etowah finds a way to beat River Ridge, they don't really care. More than if they do drop another game, you'd rather River Ridge have two losses because you have the head-to-head. So hopefully that all makes sense. I'm sure it doesn't, the fact we ran through it that quick. 
Um, we will have to break it down more on the uh, Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show coming up on uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. But at the end of the day, Sequoia still has plenty of opportunities to be the number one seed. I just don't think it's the easiest road. But number two seed to me sounds about right for them right now. And if, if things don't go as planned, then number three as well. And, and once again, number three is not, not horrible as long as you're not number four. Well, yeah, not horrible, but not... Not what you want. Not exactly. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like we did mention, you, you want to get in first because at that point anything can happen. We've seen it. Uh, even Johns Creek going over to Rome and, and, and upsetting yeah. them last year, something that I don't think any of us saw coming. Um, so, yeah, Chiefs... Number one team, I mentioned it before in the in the previous segment. They're at the top of my of my power pole this week in, in despite the loss or in spite of or you know the loss sure. to Rome. Um, they got everything sitting right in front of them for a home playoff game this season. Yeah, they're number two. A uh, big reason for that is that that loss against Rome is tough. Uh, they also dropped the game against Raven Gap, which was a pretty good performance by them against mm-hmm. a really good team. So we've been hanging on that. The Cooper Predictor is now letting that go. So over their last five games, only averaging 12.2 points per game and only allowing 23, which is pretty incredible when you consider the fact they just gave up 52. Okay, so actually a pretty good average. Uh, their problem is offensive. They're averaging negative five points against the average right now, and their defense is still overperforming by about nine points. But it's hard to overcome that. It's it's just it is what it is. Okay, it's hard to overcome that. So they're gonna have to get the offensive things figured out, and uh, in order to figure out how they're gonna do that, we'll turn to the head chief himself as Coach James Teeter's calling in right now. We'll take that call. We'll come out on the other end, and we will get to interview him. So give us just a minute, and we'll be back. With more than 35 years of courtroom experience, the attorneys at the Heller Law Firm are known as the go-to team for important legal issues in Northwest Georgia. If you or a loved one needs help with a criminal charge, overwhelming debt, divorce, or moving forward after a serious accident, call the Heller Law Firm today at 770-345-1130 for a free confidential consultation. And as always, play hard and have fun. Thank you for joining us once again on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. And joining us now is the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs, Coach James Teeter. Coach, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely, Coach. Looking forward to talking to you here. Uh, let's get the first one out of the way. Tough loss last week at Rome, but we know how good Rome is as an opponent. Um, what, what's been your message to the kids this week as you're getting ready to face Creekview? Uh, well, like all the rest of the games we've had, recently i mean it's a huge region game for us right now so we've talked a little bit more about that than uh just it being creepy week um our message is to continue to do what we did those three games prior to rome and, and, and grow we you know we had the adversity of the first three weeks and then after that we kind of found our way and, and started playing well and uh through some injuries and some other things last week just didn't play really well that we're just trying to get back on track with getting back to playing solid defense like we were playing and then being able to move the ball a little better on offense than what we did the other day. Coach, you told us earlier in the season when we had a chance to speak with you about your defensive end, Ty Moores and uh, Ian Mariah, and and, uh, how disruptive those kids were, and we got a firsthand look at them when you all played Cherokee. who are some of the other players on your team, you know, outside of, we know Jackson Hancock and we don't want to not, not acknowledge him, but you talked about your defense and they've been playing lights out. Who are some of the other players on that defense that have, have really stepped up so far this season? I think Britton Darling at safety has done a great job. He's, 
he's a little different than Jackson. He's not real flashy. He's just kind of most people look at him just kind of an average player or whatever, but he does a great job for our defense because he makes all the calls and makes all the checks. I think uh, Drew Zablotny at linebacker has made a difference since he came in and started starting for us at inside backer, and he started doing that at the Cherokee game. Since then, he's played really well and solidified the inside for us a lot better. And then I just think as a whole, our – our front and our outside backers have gotten better each week. And again, most people just don't realize that a lot of the kids that are playing defense for us either aren't playing the same position they played a year ago, or they didn't play much varsity football in the last couple of years. So it's just take them a while to try to catch on to the scheme and understand things. And then by adding a few adjustments and, and switching a few people, it's kind of came together for them. Coaches, you get ready to face Creekview. Obviously, it's one of the bigger rivalries in Cherokee County, and it's one that means a lot to both schools. How do you keep the emotions in check from from your kids as as you go through prep week, but also on Friday night, and make sure that that uh, they're sound and fundamental, and make sure they don't make any mental mistakes? Um, well, we don't. I, I guess make as I don't want to say it's not a, a big deal, but we try not to over hype it, I guess, to the kids and try to keep them focused on guys. It's just, it's another region game that we have to have if we want to be able to get into one of the four slots. Um, so we try to talk a little bit more about that. And you know, obviously they're going to know because these kids talk through social media and stuff with other kids. And so they know it's a big week. They know it's Creekview and they know, you know, what's at stake just from the two schools and in the history of this rivalry. But we try to focus a little bit more, I guess, on, the region aspect of it and, and the implications of whoever wins has a leg up as far as either a two seed for us now that we lost Rome or with them, you know, still having to play Rome, they still have a chance to play Roman and try to get a one seed. So this is a lot of things important with it that besides it just being Sequoia and Creekview. Wrapping it up here with coach James Teeter, the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs. Coach, I want to talk about your freshman quarterback who has really been thrust into action. And from from the from the uh, the box area where we were when you all played Cherokee, gosh, that seems like years ago now at this point in the season. But we could kind of see towards the end of the game just your elation uh, with him and his performance. Can you talk a little bit about Colby and, and what he's been able to do for you and, and his development being thrust into that action as a freshman? I thought he's handled it really, really well. Um, you know, he could have gotten in there and kind of been a little too much pressure for him, but he seems to be cool, calm, relaxed. Uh, he does a great job with our offense. He does a great job in, in checking some things. And most people don't know at that Cherokee game, there was two or three plays he checked on his own and he did a great job with that. And he does a really good job of, of studying. It reminds me a lot of Collier Pate when Collier was here. Um, but he's just really got a good head on his shoulders and he's handled everything with a lot of poise and uh for us has done a great job i mean there's probably some things he needs to get better at and, and some things he's understands he's got to grow at but just as an understanding of our offense and how to get people adjusted get us aligned and everything he's, he's kind of done all that like he's a, a seasoned veteran that's been in there for a couple of years but he's done a great job and yeah that that night you know you throw a freshman out there you're a little nervous that things could go south but he handled everything really really well for us well, Coach, that that is great to hear, and we we know that we have a uh, 
Well, I think young and, and, and un, unproven quarterbacks around the county has, has kind of been a theme for for um, for Cherokee County. And, and yours, you know, we, we, we don't expect him to throw for, for 300 yards, but I think, like you said, he's he's been extremely impressive in what we've seen – we've seen of him and the, the praise about Collier Pate is very impressive. Uh, but, but coach, I think that's all we have for you this week. We're looking forward to seeing you guys play uh, the Battle of East Cherokee at Skip Pope. And I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be another exciting atmosphere. And, and coach, we've had some great games that we broadcast, so I wouldn't expect anything less this week. Well, I appreciate everything you all do. And thank you for having me. So thank you again to Coach Teeter for being with us here on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast. Uh, second time we've got to talk to him, and it'll actually be our first time at Skip Pope this year, Art. I'm looking forward to being back at Skip Pope. We we were there only once last year, right? Yep. Right uh, when they thought they were going to put us in the in the press box slash oven uh, <laughs> that, that Chase Schaefer had kind of you know yanked our chain about. Yep. Uh, with no air conditioning and open windows in there, but they've they've outfitted that right, and it's a great environment and a great venue, and we really appreciate uh, uh, Mr. Voida over there and, and Mr. Van Alstein, the principal, and, and, and even uh, Coach Teeter and the rest of the staff over there at Sequoia that are happy happy that we're coming out, and we're happy to be there, and, and it's a great environment, and it's rivalry game, man, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we are too. Of course, that'll be our Cherokee County game of the week so make sure you tune into that and make sure you stay tuned stay tuned for the next segment because we're going to be breaking that game down so we're going to hit a final break here on the cherokee county football blitz podcast come out on the other end and break down the creepy grizzlies as they visit the sequoia chiefs just a minute and we'll be back piedmont mountainside hospital has been a leader of quality medical care in georgia with the second longest straight a leapfrog rating in the state for 14 consecutive years and consistently ranking in the top five atlanta hospitals in patient excellence piedmont offers a wide range of services and specialties including imaging cardiac rehabilitation and general surgery to meet the acute and long-term needs of the community in addition piedmont mountainside offers 24-hour emergency and intensive care in Jasper and in LJ. Choose Piedmont Mountainside. Real change lives here. At Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Canton, we thank you for the privilege of selling cars and trucks in North Georgia. And that's why we make it our mission to give back to our community. I'm David Booth, General Manager, and during the past few years, we've raised over a million dollars for the Cherokee County School System through our Wrangler Raffle, plus sponsoring a special award for our Teacher and Coach of the Year. Yes, we want to sell you a vehicle, but when you do buy from us, know that we're giving back to our community. Schottenkirk Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Liberty Boulevard at I-5. 75 Canton. Thank you for joining us on the Cherokee County Football Blitz podcast, and we are here to break down the Creekview Grizzlies as they make the trip over to Skip Pope Stadium to face the Sequoia Chiefs for our Cherokee County Game of the Week. So, uh, Art, if you will allow me, I'm going to break down a couple issues I have with Creekview. I know they're number one in my power ranking, but they got problems, okay? That's what I'll say. All right. So let's get into it. First of all, Creekview winless on the road. All right. They played three games. The game against River Ridge, not horrible. Obviously, the overtime loss against a good Riverage team, you don't, you don't you know shake your head at that one or anything like that. Uh, the first two games were also on the road, that 28 to nothing loss against Cambridge and the 10 to 6 loss against Hillgrove. I know most people will say, you know, it was the beginning of the season. I get all that. I want to go over some numbers for the good folks at home, though. Okay. Creekview away is averaging 7.7 points per game and allowing 19.3. Now, that's not necessarily horrible. The defense is playing pretty well. The offense obviously has some issues. Here's the difference. At home, they're averaging 29.7 points per game and only allowing 19, all right? On the uh, on the back end of that, so when you talk about the next level stats that the Cooper Predictor digs into, okay, 
they're averaging 16 points better on defense away. Okay, so what that means is that if a team averages 26 points per game, they're only going to allow 10 on average. But their defense is underperforming by 17.3. So that's a negative 1.3 swing for the Grizzlies on the road. Okay, and that's on top of the fact that they're 17, 7.7 points per game and 19.3 points per game. So not great. All right. When you talk about them at home, their defense doesn't under, overperform by much, only 7.7 points, but their offense is plus nine at home. Okay. So there is literally a 26-point swing offensively for them on both sides of the ball when you factor in who they've played and the points per game and the points allowed per game. Creekview, in an independent Cooper predictor, is 29 points better at home than they are on the road. Okay, So anytime you see that the Cooper predictor is favoring Creekview, keep in mind that four out of the last five games that Creekview has played have been at home. So the Cooper predictor, yes, puts Creekview at number one, but it has a huge slant because Creekview is at home 80% of the time on that predictor. So they're going to go into Sequoia, face a Sequoia team that really doesn't have that split. They're, they're pretty average on both sides of the ball outside of the defense that's doing a very good job. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. So you have to go to Skip Pope. They're going to have to find a way to fix that. With all that being said, Sequoia to me, I know they're number one, or they're or Creepview's number one and Sequoia's number two, and it finds Creepview to be about a 14, 15 point favorite. Throw that out the window, okay? If Sequoia can score 21, I don't know that Creepview can win. Yeah, I, I think the number for both of these teams, and, and you know, great breakdown on, on all those stats. I, I would just look at it and say, ah, oh, no. They've lost three games on the road. That's kind of how I, they're winless right right that's just kind of how i would look at it right and then they're three and one at at home yep. uh so they're you know just a simple look at it from the outside looking in they're better they're a better team at home than they are on the road this year there's no arguing that to this yeah. to this point of season but even you would think you know i mean uh, what do you think if, if you didn't know what i just went over you would think what they're seven points better at home yeah i would i would say maybe a touchdown maybe 10 points better at home but right. not yeah i mean i think the you know conventional wisdom tells you three points right? right that's the swing but when you consider the fact that, that there are hard facts i mean are and here would be my other argument that i would hear people have is that hillgrove cambridge and riverage are better opponents i don't understand how you can get to that conclusion when they have at home faced calhoun okay alatoona north forsyth and etowah those four teams are not anywhere nearly as far off as the three teams we mentioned on the road. So it doesn't have an issue of strength of schedule, okay? To me, it's just straight up there's something about being on the road that is kind of a bugaboo for the Grizzlies right now that they have to figure out a way to overcome. Yeah, and they're going to have to figure it out because they're going to be on the road again this week. Short distance of travel. Yes. It's their shortest uh, travel game this season. Seven six five miles i think it is 7.6 i think okay down the road down east cherokee drive past the chick-fil-a it's going to be a a test of wills here in my opinion can creepview's defense show up again and i know you mentioned they they don't perform as well on the road and and, and even offense i think it's it's can creepview's defense really stymie this wing t offense well the defense actually overperforms by a lot on the road it's 16 they okay. overperform by 16 points it's the uh the offense that's minus 17.3 on the road so I, I, that's why my question coming into it is can sequoia score more than 14 17 because if if creepview comes in and is only able to put up 17 20 something like that 
21 wins the game. Yeah, it does. And I think either way, the first team to 17 in this game is, is the winner. Yeah. Uh, last time Creepview came over to Skip Pope, I believe they won that game 24 to 3. Uh, going back to uh, 2020. 2020, absolutely. Um, last year, Creepview, it was Creepview by a big number. They won, it was a 31-7, to seven, I think was the final last year. That game was played at the Grizzly Den. Uh, like you mentioned, so this is another row game. It's going to be a big test. Sequoia's defense has been playing so well. You know, we know they had a couple of guys out last week. They'll be back. Um Coach Teeter did mention uh, his secondary. He talked about Brett and Darling, kind of the quarterback of that defense. Um, I think for Creekview, the, the the big key is to limit the big plays by Jackson Hancock. I think yes. at the end of the day, that's that's going to be uh, the the make or break right there. And I think if you're Sequoia, you got to find a way to continue to stop Isaac Hubert because you can't let him get downhill and average six or seven yards a carry. Uh, because I think it's going to be a long night. And I know these teams do it differently, but they both like to run the football. I know Creekview does a little bit better job of throwing the football. Well, a lot lot better because that's just their offensive scheme and package. They We've seen Sequoia, uh, Creekview, excuse me, a couple of times now come out in the second half and say, you know what, we're just going to run this freaking football mm-hmm. right down your throat, and that's our identity, and they've been able to do that. Sequoia, again, does it a different way. They're going to start from the beginning of the game doing that. They'll mix in a pass here. Um, but if you start playing on your heels defensively with Sequoia, they're going to pop you. And we saw that with the fullback trap that they run. Um, we've seen that, you know, win the wing tee with the little uh, the reverse on the inside that they run. It's, it's a very difficult, if you're not sound fundamentally defensively, it could be a very difficult long night for the Grizzlies defensively. Yeah, it could. I mean, just what you said about Hancock is also true about Huber, right? So, sure. so Riveridge found a way to hold Huber to 86 yards. If Sequoia can do something around that, Sequoia's in, in the catbird seat to win this game. Okay. It, they're, both offenses go through their guys, okay? Hancock right. and Hubert. So you got to find a way to limit those guys for both of those sides. Here's the thing. Both those defenses have been able to do that throughout the season. This is going to be a low-scoring affair, if I had to guess. Another nice note. I don't know if it's nice, but just a fun note, I should say. So uh, the rivalry all-time, 11-3, and three, right? Creekview leads it. But the two two out of the three times that Sequoia has won, it was at Skip Pope Stadium. Okay, both times that they've won at Skip Pope Stadium have been overtime games. I, I don't know about you, but an overtime game sounds pretty fun to me. I mean, we just we, we had our second one last week, right? Yeah. I think, mean, why not go for three? It'd be the most we've ever had on a broadcast season. It makes it more exciting. Yeah, we like and it. Free it's free football, football yeah, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah, but no, getting back to the actual breakdown, I'm with you. I mean, I, to me, it, it, all can, it all depends on the playmakers, right? How can they limit those guys? And I think a guy for Creekview that, that maybe we don't give enough credit is Austin Guest. Um, I think he's going to be a huge part of the offense and, and what he's able to do, right? Because if teams start to decide that they're going to limit Hubert, how does he – he has to be the difference maker, okay? Mm-hmm. So how is he able to be that guy? How is he able to find that information? How is he able to, 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 to get there? I don't necessarily know. I don't think it's necessarily an easy road. He does have a couple of weapons around him. We talk about Camden Lusk. You mentioned Jackson Stanley on the interview with Coach Williams. Uh, obviously, you know, Cal Schubert was our player of the game a couple of weeks ago. Um, I know they've had a couple of injuries. Michael Roach hasn't been available for a while, but – they got to find ways to do it, okay? That, that's the reality. That's point blank honest. So 
I don't necessarily know. I agree with you. 17, 21, that's going to be the number to get to for both these teams. And uh, it should be a dandy, though. I know that. It always is. I think it will. And in, in both these teams with their uh, intent to establish a run, it could be a quickly played game, Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be <laughs> one of the quickest games we've had all year. And that may be why we won overtime. But it also could be potentially the most important playoff game, game for playoffs of the year. You know, we talked about Creepy Altoona being that important. This game could equal that. Um, because whoever wins is right back in the spot where they can be the two seed. Right? Sure. Um, Creepy would need a little bit more help than mm-hmm. Sequoia does. The loss that Sequoia has is a little bit better since it's to Rome and, and people presume Rome is the favorite to win the region, and rightfully so. Uh, if Creekview wins, then obviously that loss to Riverridge looms pretty large. They're going to need to find a way to beat Rome, or if they lose to Rome, that puts them at two losses. They're going to need to Riverridge to lose to. Okay, so there's a little bit more math involved. Sequoia be kind of doesn't necessarily become irrelevant. That's not the right way to put it, but both of them would have two losses, and it would put the tiebreaker in Creekview's favor. So sure. Creekview moves into that second slot depending on what happens down the road so tons of playoff implications on the line here you know normally this game is always fun the battle of east cherokee drive battle of hickory flat is always a great one but this one in particular is going to be a fantastic time looking forward to it and looking forward to having the call on wlj 101.1 fm i am looking forward to it as well will another another weekend get my weekend started off right with cherokee county friday night lights you and I in the broadcast booth, as you mentioned, you'll be on the call. I'll have the color. And, man, uh, it elect- should be an electric atmosphere. Uh, I-, I suspect the Grizzlies will travel well once again. I would think so. And uh, I'm expecting that the Chiefs will will travel. You know, it's in their backyard, so they'll be out there as well. Yeah, it's always one of the games that people circle, right? Yeah. And, and we should mention... Look, it was never easy to decide between the Battle of Town Lake and the Battle of East Cherokee. And typically, we get to do both. Unfortunately, this year, with the way the region has played... They put them on the same week. So somebody had had to be cut from the, from the roster, okay? It, it wasn't what we wanted to do. We would love to have both of them, but we made the decision because of the playoff implications that one of these teams will probably be the second seed. If not River Ridge, they'll be the third seed. We wanted to go with this game just over the, the Battle of Town Lake, but it, it's no hard feelings towards anybody at Town Lake. There's nothing like that. We just wanted to, to get the most important game for playoff seedings. There you have it. And, Will, how can folks – we know that the broadcast will be live on WLJA 101.1 FM, yeah. but how else can, can folks tune in if, they're, if they haven't heard our podcast sure. before? How else can well, they Well, welcome in, first of all. <laughs> yeah, there's a few different ways. So WLJRadio.com on any phone or desktop, doesn't matter, at all, or laptop, doesn't matter, it'll work. Uh, look in the top right-hand corner. There's a Listen Live button. Make sure you click on the one that says 101.1 FM. It'll take you to a player. You can listen live to the broadcast on there. Also, if you have a radio player app on your phone, such as TuneIn or something like that, you're more than welcome to use that. Always welcome to uh, listen to us on there. And also, the final way is if you are at home on a Friday night enjoying the nice fall weather out on the porch or something like that, and you have a smart speaker, make sure you ask Alexa slash Google Home, hey, will you play WLJ 101.1 FM? You don't even have to put the number in there. You can just say WLJ. Yes, it will. It will find us on there as well. So you can listen to us through Alexa and Google Home and the Apple Smart Home as well. So all those options are available for you. Again, we're excited and we love the feedback. Good, yes. bad, and indifferent. We love the feedback. And and again, our first time out at Skip Pope this season will be this week. And we're looking forward to seeing the fine folks out there as well. 
Of course, you can always find us on the social medias. Make sure you check that out. We'll always be there as well. Uh, WLJ Sports WLJ on Twitter, WLJ 101.1 FM. We also tag our individual accounts there in case you want to send us a direct message to argue with us. We are always welcome to your uh, interpretations as long as they are family friendly and uh, don't involve any threats or harm of us or our beloved. I would agree with that. I think that's a fair that's a, assessment. That's fair. All right. So I, I hopefully I'll get some messages from some Rome fans after this one. I tell you what, I have not gotten any from Rome fans. I don't I don't know if they listen, but I, I tell Should. you what, they <laughs> <laughs> drop some knowledge on them here. I don't know if there is a Rome football podcast up there in Northwest Georgia. I know I know that the Northwest Georgia football does a great job uh, yes. with their uh, pick them. Uh, they, they do I believe it's on Wednesday nights, and then their post game show they do on Friday nights. Phenomenal job they do uh, with that on on. Um, on YouTube, and you guys ought to check them out. I believe yeah, it's just definitely. at in North NWGA w- in football. Yeah, I think is is their handle on Twitter, and um, yeah, that's a they do a great job. Benton Burge and then uh, Mr. Lawrence Morgan as well, and Chris Napier and a couple other guys that pop in. Paul Cavan and and they they just do a great job. And uh, so uh, shout, I just want to shout them out. With they provide attention to some teams that normally don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. That's what we're all here for. That's what we want to do. No doubt. So, All right. Well, folks, make sure you join us once again. 7 o'clock, Northside Hospital Cherokee pregame show. We'll give our predictions for each of these games that we have held out here. And we'll also get you ready for all the action around Cherokee County and the surrounding counties as well. 7.30 kickoff. So make sure you join us. Again, I've been Will Cooper with Arthur Mosley. And remember, everyone, we're, we're one day closer, closer to Jesus. Jesus. This was the Cherokee County Football Blitz. Make sure to join Will and Art next week for the next episode and each Friday night at 7 p.m. for the Cherokee County Game of the Week on WLJA 101.1 FM.